Hey, this is your host, Kyle Gorman. And before we get started today, I want to share with you a free resource that we have created to help you develop your leadership skills. And basically what this is, it's the four strategies that great leaders use to increase retention, to build loyalty amongst their team, and ultimately to help them lead high-performing teams. You can get this free download at theemployerblueprint.com backslash great leaders. And this is completely free. Also within that is a wonderful offer for our online training course. But I want to encourage you to check out theemployerblueprint.com backslash great leaders to get your free download today. Welcome to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Last week, we started our conversation with Mads Singers, and we talked about how to lead people that are different than us. Uh, And so this week, we're actually going to join in in the middle of that conversation as we dive into a couple of other topics, including personality assessments, how we use personality assessments in our business, for our employees, and for our workforce. Uh, This is something that we get asked a lot from the recruiting perspective is should we be using these to make hiring decisions and uh, and how do we use these within our team, within our workforce. And so Mads and I are going to talk about some of the some of the pros and cons, some of the aspects of using these personality assessments in your business. So we're going to jump into the middle of that conversation here in just a moment. Uh, in the meantime, I want to encourage you, be sure you hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have any questions or if there's anything in particular that you would like to hear more about, please reach out to us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. When you agree with someone, or, or not necessarily agree, but you, 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 you empower them to move forward with the decision that they think is best, um, talk about the intent behind that. What, what's the purpose behind that, even if you disagree with it, even if you think that's not going to be the right solution? Why do you do that? Right. So, different from most co- coaches, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's being played too hard. The, the way I look at it is uh, that there's a big difference between failing a step and failing the target. Yes. yes. Right. I always want people to hit their goal. Mm-hmm. No exceptions. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm okay if they stumble along the way, mm-hmm. but I always want them to hit the goal. So right. the mindset is first and foremost is one, I don't know everything. If you know the amount of time people have said something to me and like, I think this is the right choice. And I've kind of been like, that will go well. (laughs) (laughs) And they come back and they deliver better results than I imagined. Um, It have happened a lot of times. Right. 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 Second, like, again, it's not about feeling it's about learning. Mm -hmm. The thing is the reason why we are where we are today is because we learn things. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, if you don't get the basic principles right, then you don't understand how everything works together, and hence you won't be able to make higher level decisions. 
Right. But, but the thing is, a lot of the time, what, what happens with people is they're given all these answers, they're given all these ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And if someone asks them, how should you do it? They refer to, this is the right way to do it. But the thing right. is, they've never learned that that's the right way. They've just been put information into their heads, mm-hmm. right? So instead of teaching people to learn and to, to grow, basically you've taught people, this is the way to do it. Right. Don't think yourself. Yes. Right. And the thing is, in any company, particularly in a lot of online business, there's this mantra out there that, like, you know, you build a process, you tell people exactly what to do, you hand it over to them, and they're a robot. Right. right? And, and I don't know, I'm about to say anyone, I, I would say I don't know many people who've been very successful at doing that. Right. Right. Like you can, you can do that successfully for three, four, five, six people. But I mean, <laughs> I, I use the same scenario. Like I, I used to work at IBM and I can promise you in IBM, the CEO doesn't sit and figure out every process that happens in the company <laughs> and tell people what to do. Right. Right. You laugh. But the thing is a lot of entrepreneurs are literally That's the way they think. Yeah. They're like, okay, we need to do Facebook ads. Great. I will buy a course. I'll figure out how to do it. I'll write a process and then I'll hire someone and tell them how to do it. Yeah. Right. And that is like, well, it's the most effective way to ruining your company. It's the most effect, ineffective use of your time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, generally it, it brings you nowhere. Right. Uh, it, it, it will grow your personal skill set. Mm-hmm. But it won't build your business. That's right. And it's growing your personal skill set in an area that's not your highest payoff activity. And, and and so if we think about, you know, as as the business owner, as the CEO, if my skill set isn't creating a vision, creating steps to to accomplish that vision, you know, we want to go from two million to five million in the next 24 months. Um, <laughs> you learning Facebook ads uh, is not going to be the best use of your time to figure out how to get from two million to five million. You hiring someone that already knows Facebook ads is going to be a much better use of that time. But the, and the other thing that I want to pinpoint in there um, is that one of the the biggest, you know, one of the big concerns that people have, or one of the the, the big stressors that people experience in their business is they feel like they're shackled to it, um, that there's no freedom, that they that they're just chained to this business. And it's generally because they've created that environment in exactly what you're talking about. People come, we give them an answer. People come, we give them an answer. So we've trained people this mindset to say, the way we solve problems here is we go to the boss. The boss gives us an answer. That's how we solve a problem. Now the boss wants to take a week off. We have a problem on Monday. How do we solve problems? We go to the boss. And so either problems don't get solved while you're gone, which is not good, or you're sitting you know, on vacation and your phone's still blowing up trying to solve problems and take care of issues. And, um, and so, you know, when we see that, that that's one of the big concerns, frustrations, stressors, one of the biggest causes of burnout in a business for um, the business owner, you, you create this yourself when you don't empower the team to make decisions. And, um, and, and that includes, and I think this is the, the, you know, the even more important part of what we're talking about here, that includes allowing them to make a decision that you think is wrong or ineffective. Because to your point, there are times they're going to prove you wrong and it's going to be better than expected. I mean, I, I know I've experienced that when someone comes to me and they say, I've got this idea and my team pretty well knows, like, don't just bring me a problem, bring me a solution. And so explain what the concern is and explain what you think we should do about it. 
And yeah, there, there absolutely been times that I've said, okay, you know, I don't know if that's the right solution, but let's go ahead and try it. And I'm proven wrong. But the other times, even if, even if their solution's wrong, it, I've empowered them to do that. Now, whenever I'm gone and I need some freedom, I need some decompression time, they don't feel like they have to come to me for every little thing. It's, it's such a simple thing that we can start implementing right now. As soon as you listen to this, you can start implementing some of this concepts into your business. Um, but I think we kind of get stuck in this mindset as a business owner that no one can do it as well as me. I'm the one that has to do everything. All success and failure is on my shoulders. Instead of right. and It's natural. It's natural, yes. right? Because the thing is, you've gotten from zero to your current success mm-hmm. by doing that. So, right. so the, the whole point is you, you tie your identity, you tie existence of your business to the fact that you've managed to do that. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there, there's a great book called... Uh, what got you here won't get you there. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit more about behaviors from Marshall Goldsmith, right? It's a little mm-hmm. bit more about behaviors and sort of negative impact, but the mindset is still the same, right? The, the, right. the whole thing. So, so I basically work with a lot of entrepreneurs and that's generally three steps. People mm-hmm. get stuck when they get to around 10 people. Mm-hmm. They get stuck when they get to around 20. And then again, when they get to around 50. Mm-hmm. And the reason for those three failures are that they get stuck. That the first step it's because they end up being a spider in the middle. And, and you know, sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's 11 or whatever, but right. it's around 10 people. Yeah. They end up as a spider in the middle. And what happens is they, they're literally telling 10 people what to do all the time and they're doing it, right? right? Now, taking that step and moving above that number basically require them to learn some basic management skills, mm-hmm. right? Getting to 20... What what starts happening is that they're they're suddenly lost control. Or they're not in control of everything anymore. Right. And again, very very frequently, if if they haven't empowered the team enough, they basically won't move above the twenty. Right. So even if they're doing pretty okay with management, they won't move above the twenty. Mm-hmm. And then the fifty piece is basically when they get so far away themselves from the bottom of the organization. If they haven't built a good management team and haven't got a management team in place that managed to communicate their vision to the staff at the bottom level, basically, again, growth comes to a halt, right? right. And right. and that's generally the three levels. And, and I say 10, 20, 50. I mean, sometimes it's plus minus yeah. five or whatever, right? But, but, it, but it's roughly those levels that people get stuck at, right? And what one of the fundamentals for me, right? People, people think like, oh, you know, I can learn, I can learn business, I can learn Facebook ads, I can learn e-commerce, I can learn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they look at management as being this big, scary thing. And I'm like... It's, it's sad because like a majority of people who come to me for coaching, they say, I don't like managing people. Can I just hire someone to do it for me? Right. But that, that, that is literally the majority of people. Yeah. Within a month, majority of these people's mindset changes. Yeah. And the reason is very simple. When you don't know something, right? When, when you have a big unknown, like the first time you start, started trying to do a podcast, mm-hmm. it seemed very difficult because you had no idea what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing with management. Now, the secret for me is it doesn't take a lot to become good at management. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I have a, uh, I have a course that's called effective management. Right. And, and basically like <laughs> it, it's literally four hours. 
Mm-hmm. Now, there's stuff to do around it, but it's literally four hours, right? Right. The amount of stuff you can learn in four hours that will make you a significantly better manager. And and I mean, I call it the 80-20, but, but basically it will make you a significantly better manager mm-hmm. if you execute those processes, right? So it's basically a mix of mindset and processes for what to do and how to do it, right, as a manager. And, and the fundamentals here is it doesn't take you very long to learn enough to start finding management interesting enough to try and improve it. Right. The problem most people have is they say, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Leave it. And the whole thing, like if you did the same with any other aspects of your business, if you're like, oh, I don't know how to do Facebook ads, let's just not do Facebook ads. If that's what your business depends on, you have right. no business. That's right. Right. So, so changing that mindset and really, and, and for me, this is two aspects. It's the boss at the top, mm-hmm. but for majority of the organizations, and by the way, I will talk big corporate organizations as well here. Mm-hmm. You know, they promote other people into management positions. They go home on Friday and they expect them to come in Monday morning and suddenly be a manager. So true. With no training, with no whatever. Yeah. They're like, oh, I promoted this guy. He was a great sales guy. He was a great customer service guy, but he sucked as a manager. Like, what have you done to help him be a manager? And they're like, well, I bought him another course on customer service. I'm like, well management right and that, the <laughs> fundamental biggest lag in like i'd say 90 percent plus of the organizations i work with mm-hmm. is the fact that one the the top level leadership haven't got any management training and and you know just learned a bit along the way mm-hmm. and second is the team below them haven't got right right and and literally like like i worked out in in japan here for probably a year and a half ago working with a client and literally within six months of me being there for two days, literally two days, like their company blew up. Like they literally tripled in size and like it, it's, it's not big things. Right. Like it's often very small things that makes a huge freaking difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just getting and it in place and being intentional about it. Exactly. Right. And, and, it, it's simple things like processes, again, how you deal with people. And then it's a lot about mindset, right? One of the key problems, and this is the entrepreneurial problem, is that in the beginning of a business, it's all about you and it's all about what you do. Yeah. However, the second you have a team, it 100% stops being about you. Yes. And it starts being about what the team delivers. Yeah. I don't really care if you're being a hundred percent efficient with your time. If your team isn't delivering this stuff, right. you fail. Yeah. And it is the same for every manager in every organization. And this is the number one issue most companies have is that managers keep behaving not like managers, but like individual contributors. Yes. And it's not because of bad will. It's because they don't know better and they have no training, right? Mm -hmm. But that training, that understanding, that mindset difference in most organizations makes a huge freaking difference Mm -hmm. between what gets delivered in the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so great. Uh, it's, it's incredible information. And you are, I, I could not agree more. Uh, I think uh, there's so many things that change whenever we have that team around us and the way that we have to think and the way that we have to relate to them. And, and um, we have to move out of sort of a selfish ambition mindset because it has to be focused on the team and the people around us. Uh, so Mads, I want to switch gears here just a little bit. Um, I know you uh, are, are a guru in the space of the disk analysis and, um, and how that gets implemented and incorporated. So I want to dive into that for just uh, a moment here. Um, first of all, for those that may not know, why don't you explain to us what, um, what disk sure. is? Right. So, so there, there is a bunch of different behavioral sort of systems out there, like Myers-Briggs and uh, that, there's a whole bunch of these uh, behavioral systems, right? Right. Um, unfortunately, they're primarily misused by corporations mm-hmm. to, well, by, by consulting businesses to go in and make a lot of money off corporations, right? They go in, they give a bunch of people this test and they're like, oh, you're this and you're that and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and then of the day, it never yields anything because right. they don't teach the concept, right? Mm-hmm. So the fundamental thing about any of these um, frameworks mm-hmm. is that, um, number one, they're based on people's self-perception. So basically, when you give people a test, that test is based on people's self-perception. And some people have a fairly good self-perception and some have not. Hmm. which means the test in principle are worth very little. Right. Similarly, a lot of people give out tests when they interview people. And every time you give people a test in an interview, in a recruitment situation, every single time they tell you what they think you want to hear. Hmm. Right. Hmm. One of the big warning marks and like with, with these tests, generally people's natural behavior do not change. Correct. Right. So the way you're born, that you're born with your natural behavior, or at least I, I don't know if they develop, but basically I, I look at kids two years old and I can, you know, I can tell what they'll be like when they're 50. Right. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the fundamental mindset with these things is it does not change. And the thing is a lot of people's like, Oh, last time I took this test, I was this and now I'm this. And that <laughs> basically what that tells me is that their self-perception is pretty poor. Right. 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 Um, so the fundamentals with DISC and the reason why I'm a huge, huge fan of DISC and the reason why I teach it is fundamentally because one, you learn to read people's personality without having them to do a test, hmm. right? So simply by looking at people's natural behaviors and, and natural behaviors, it looks complicated, but it's simple. It's things like the volume of your voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, Everyone knows people that if you're in a group of 20 people having dinner, there's always that one person you can always hear. Right. Right. You all all have that friend. You know, if you have to listen to them, you have to sit and like super focus because the volume of voice is so low. Right. Right. It's the amount of eye contact people have. It's the, you know, the simple things like amount of smiling. Everyone knows people that never smiles and everyone knows people who smiles all the time. Mm-hmm. It's simple body language that will teach you more about people and the natural behavior than anything else. Yeah. And it is by far the most powerful tool I've ever learned. It's the reason why I've had the success I've had in management. It's the number one reason because... 
like I, I, I am by nature a, a super introvert. I am mm-hmm. by nature um, absolutely not assertive in any way. Mm-hmm. But but me learning and understanding that, me learning when it's okay to be assertive, me learning when it's okay to do a lot of things is, is the key, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I worked in IBM for probably about five years and I probably had ended up doing seven different jobs, right? Like I was mm-hmm. constantly, I was constantly moved up and in, into different positions. Right. And, and this was really a key part behind it. Right. Because mm-hmm. that understanding of other people, right. And, and I mean, I teach this to sales team. I teach it to managers. It is so powerful both to get to know yourself better and particularly to get to know and understand people who are very different from you. Right. Yes. And, Every person on this planet has had this situation where I've been sitting thinking like, why would anyone do that? <laughs> yeah. right? Like they cannot find a logical, they cannot find a reason why would another human being do this thing? Correct. And most of the time it's because their mind works very, very differently. Mm-hmm. And by, by getting to know this really well and getting to understand how other people think, you can much better understand them. You can help anticipate their moves and how, they, how they're going to react and so on. And, and most importantly, you can communicate to them effectively. You can hit the way they're motivated. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can be effective with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that is really the prime driver behind DISC. So again, I'm not a fan of these big corporate consultancy companies that walk in and give some tests around. If you want to learn DISC, you do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's, it's a large part of my course, but, but generally um, it, it's, yeah, it's 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 a game changer in, mm-hmm. in every aspect for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you talked about in there is doing the, you know, giving these assessments during the recruiting or interviewing process. So um, I get asked about this a lot. I'm interested in your opinion on this. Um, how should we or should we at all use these assessments for hiring decisions? Right. So if I do it, if I would do it, I would do it to see how well people know themselves because yep. I mean, generally, so, so my rule of thumb is when some stranger I've never met before sit mm-hmm. down next to me in an airplane, mm-hmm. I have to be able to tell them things about them they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically, the amount of time it takes them to walk from the front of the plane and sit down next to me, that should be enough time for me to read their body language and uh, basically know their their core behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's that's the essence, right? So would, you, would I use those t- tests? I, I, honestly, I probably don't, right? Yeah. Like I definitely yeah. use DISC and my recruitment team definitely use DISC. Yeah. But the test specifically, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I, again, most people get it wrong. <laughs> like yeah. most people really don't know themselves well, right? And I'll, let me take some, some logical examples, right? If you mm-hmm. take the typical, uh, stereotypical example of a sales guy, Mm-hmm. Right, like always on the phone, always on the road. They never do admin. They always forget their paperwork, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Generally, hardcore salespeople are not very good with things like Excel. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is if you give someone like that an Excel assignment and they sit for three weeks and look at Excel, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if they know 1% of Excel, they feel like they're superheroes in Excel at that time. Right because they've been sitting staring at it nonstop for three weeks. Right. 
right? Again, that's people's self-reflection. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it, it is very easy for people not to know themselves well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I and I agree with um, because that's one of the things that we get asked about frequently. One of my companies is a recruiting company, and we get asked about that. Well, we do these assessments, and we, you know, how do you use those in the hiring process? And do you recommend them for hiring decisions? My statement is always: I think these tools are good, but they're good to help you understand how to lead and communicate with someone. They're not what we're going to use to make a hiring decision um, because. What we're trying to do then is, is through their own self-awareness, get them in a box that we think someone needs to fit in to be successful in this role. Um, and so I, I really, I like your approach to it, which is more of saying you can learn how to use this information by figuring it out yourself about other people than simply asking them to take this test and then use the information us to decide, well, this person is, you know, a high D, I don't want him in this role. I'm not going to hire him. Um, and, and really, you know, people are more complex. There's so much more to that. And you're depending on them kind of taking this information. And a lot of times, uh, you know, I think especially over the last few years, a lot of these assessment tools have become so much more popular. People do understand what you're looking for in these roles and they know how to take the test in a way that's going to give the information that you're looking for. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I'm not at all a fan of using these, uh, using assessments like this, having someone take a test to make a hiring decision, yes or no. But I think they're excellent tools to understand how to communicate with people, how to lead people, um, and how to help, how to help effectively create those communication channels. Because going back to that first fundamental that we talked about, which is understanding that, you know, People have different personal preferences and everybody's different than us. These are the things that help us define who they are compared to who we are beyond just saying, I know they're different, but I don't know why. And so being able to create these sort of uniformalities um, give us the opportunity to say, I at least now have a general understanding of how this person thinks and operates compared to how I think and operate and therefore how I need to be able to communicate and lead this person. Yeah, let, let me just do a, a little bit of a, I'm not sure if it will be a correction or what, what to call it, but what, what I would say is I wouldn't use the assessment, uh-huh. but I use the framework. Yes. Like I would 100% have job roles where I'm like, I want a someone with DSC in this job. Sure. Or I want yeah. someone, like for example, in a sales role, I generally look for assertive people, right? Sure. Yeah. If I have a super reserved person coming in, like, honestly, I, I wouldn't hire them in a sales role, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I 100% use the framework to make hiring decisions, right. but I'm not using the specific tests yeah. that people potentially do to make those hiring decisions. Yeah. Now, again, one, one of the things I love doing is uh, getting people to do like a two-minute video and basically spend two minutes telling me why they would be great at the role, right? Mm-hmm. So again, this is to help save time in the recruitment process. But the thing is, in a two-minute video, that is more than enough for you to, to have a very good idea of whether they fit in, for example, in disk model, where mm-hmm. do they fit, right? right. And the whole benefit right. is like watching a two-minute video rather than have to schedule an interview, go through an interview, yeah. all that sort of stuff, a hundred times easier, right? Mm-hmm. So so I, I use that a lot. So I used to, I, I am a, I'm a keen believer in the framework to, to mm-hmm. try and get the right people in the right jobs because yeah. it's fundamental. Um, and then 
One one last point around it is uh, what it really helps. So I, I work with a lot of these online businesses, and I work a lot with businesses that are a lot of these sort of very reserved roles. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the big problems with reserved people is they struggle to sell themselves. Like a lot of developers and a lot of these, you know, they're they're very reserved. And if you ask them, "Are you good at something?" if they say, "I'm okay," that means they're a superstar, <laughs> yeah. right? Whereas you have other people, you'll ask them, "Are you great at this thing?" And even though they're f- like below below mediocrity, yeah. they'll still say, "Yeah, I'm freaking awesome," right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, when particularly when you're looking for accountants, when you're looking for web developers, when you're looking for any of these sort of very detail oriented roles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fundamentally, they sell themselves very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the one area where most people make the most hiring mistakes mm-hmm. because they tend to hire people who sell themselves well right. and then aren't the right fit for the aren't role. Really good. Yeah. Exactly. So, and again, this is where Disc is so freaking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And you're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I appreciate the clarification because I agree. The framework is very good and being able to use that information and understand uh, how it's going to, how it impacts your business. Um, but to, to ask someone to take a, a test and then say, oh, well, just looking at this test, this is how I'm going to make a decision on them um, without understanding the real impact and being able to assess those things on your own. That's where we see it. We run into it a lot is, um, you know, as we assess someone and we say, hey, these are, these are their strengths and weaknesses. These are the skill sets, kind of how they operate. But then they take a test and the test may show something otherwise. And then people want to make a decision just based on a piece of paper, you know, and the way that that test came out. And, um, and that that's where we sometimes struggle in being able to help people understand there's a lot of value in the information that's available within the framework. But, um, but having someone take a test, you know, to, to say, I'm going to have 10 people take the same test and then I'm just going to make a decision solely based on how they scored on this test um, can really set you up for failure if, if you're not careful in how you are uh, assessing and identifying the people that you're working with. Um, well, good. Mads, I really do appreciate this. I love what you're doing. I love the information that you have out there um, and the impact that you're having on people. So uh, thank you for taking the time. I know um, we're on about a, a, an 11-hour difference uh, right now. Your, your uh, schedule currently has you in Vietnam. So I, I told you I don't want to keep you up too late. But um, I appreciate you taking some time here with me. Um, before we head out, how can we learn more about you, about the information that you have available, about the resources that you have available? Yeah. So, um, again, my name is Matt Singers, and my website is mattsingers.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I said, I also run an outsourcing business called Arista Sourcing, but uh, yeah. The, the, the key interest for me is, is the management stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my clients, well, basically all my clients usually start out with, with my management academy. So mm-hmm. on my website, I have a, a management academy area and that's basically the, the training course that I mentioned. And basically that's where, where people can get started. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, as I said, I, I call the, the management course, the, I call it the 80, 20 of management. And it's literally, if, if, if you, those three and a half, four hours worth of video. Mm-hmm. If you if you get that stuff and you do it right, you will be better than 85, 90% of the managers out there, right? Yeah. So it doesn't take a lot. Get started. And again, if you have hired people, put them into roles um, of management, please. Uh, I'm not saying buy my stuff. 
find some stuff, invest <laughs> in their management skills, right? Like yeah. even buy them some great management books or something. That that yeah. is my my number one thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I, one of the things that I want people to understand, and you've mentioned this, um, that I think is is really important for people to hear is that, um, and, and you know, there's a ton of management books, and there's resources, and there's podcasts, and there's articles and studies. But this, a lot of these things are very fundamental and, and um, doesn't take long to start implementing some fundamental principles into your management style uh, to really have a huge splash on your life and on the lives of the people around you. So um, take the time to invest in that to make the impact. Mads, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and um, uh, sharing this information out with everyone. So uh, thanks so much. Having a, an amazing uh, night as it is for you. And uh, um, appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you very much, Kyle. Pleasure being on here. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Yeah.